Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. Today I'm going to be talking about healing emotional wounds. And so the first thing I want to do is we need to identify different, um, different reactions, different ways that people will act when they have emotional wounds, maybe in, even ourselves, so that once we identify that, then we can make changes and let healing come. So I'd like to go through those with you. It's a lot to read, but I think it's important, and you can read along with me. So... Um, The first one is inner rawness. There's often a sense of inner rawness and hurt that doesn't seem to go away. Um, The second one, irritability and low tolerance. You easily become irritable with others. Don't look at your spouse. Even if they aren't doing anything wrong, you have low tolerance for others and have high expectations for those around you. You hold others to an unrealistic standard and are very intolerable to any mistakes made. Okay, and then feelings always rise up. This one, feelings of anger, hate, resentment, etc. seem to rise up within you at the slightest offense from others. And then overly sensitive about an event in your past. If there are events in your past or maybe a person in your past which will cause you to become very sensitive or angry or even cause you to lash out, then it is likely revealing a deep emotional wound tied in with that event, that person, or that memory. Hard to forgive. It becomes very difficult, if not impossible, to love and therefore forgive others. It can also be hard to forgive and love yourself. It can even be hard to forgive and love God, even though he has done nothing wrong against you. Hard to feel loved. It is hard to clearly see and realize that love, that the love of others and and of God in your life. You may be surrounded by people who love you, but it can be difficult to fully feel and receive that love. There seems to be a wall up that blocks the flow of love into your life. Lashing out. Where there's an inner wound that has festered, it becomes easy to lash out, or even sudden outburst of anger, hate, resentment, etc. You may find it easy to lash out at people who love you and have done you no harm. Feelings of anger towards God. 
When a person has been wounded, it becomes easy to blame God for their troubles and hardships. This is the last thing that you want to do when seeking to be healed because it's virtually put it, it because it virtually puts a wall in your mind that can block the healing power of the Holy Spirit to operate. Although he desires to heal your wound, he will not override your free will. And if you hold hate in your heart against him, it can block his efforts to heal your wounds. There are several. Self-hate. Many times when a person is hurt from past abuse, they will begin to think that perhaps what happened to them was deserved because of something they did or, that, or the way that they were. This is not true. Abuse is never acceptable. Even if a child was being out of order, parental love disciplines and corrects, but never abuses. Easily frustrated. It is easy to become easily frustrated with everyday chores and responsibilities due to inner wounds and hurts. Escapism. As a result of inner turmoil, it is easy to desire to escape or suppress reality. This can be in the form of overeating, drinking, smoking, porn, spending, binges, etc. When a person indulges in escapism, addictions can form and open the door to spirits of addiction, which makes the addiction seem impossible to break. Cutting. A person who is a cutter usually is a person who is holding much pain and needs to release the pain or it honestly feels that it deserve, that they deserve the pain. Self-hate, religious bondage. Retaliation urges. Because of build-up hate and anger as a result of unforgiveness, somebody who has a festering inner wound will find it easy to retaliate or snap back at those who offend them or step on their toes. Irresponsible behavior. Inner pain has a way of consuming a person's mind, and eventually this can take on a careless approach to life. It is hard to feel good about yourself if you have an inner wound, and if you don't feel good about yourself, it will begin to show in your lifestyle. Perfectionism. A person who has an emotional wound may also be performance-driven. Perhaps they felt like no, no matter what they did, they could never please a parent or authority figure. And later on in life, that rejection wound causes the person to be a performer to the point where they are never satisfied and burned out by their efforts. Feelings of hopelessness. I believe this is also a common result of unresolved inner wounds. Which the since the love of God is blocked in your life, it becomes hard to see why he would love or care for you. And therefore, you become an easy target for feelings of hopelessness. Drive to find purpose. When you suffer from emotional wounds, it can create a sense of void in your life's meaning. Thus driving you to find meaning and purpose and happiness. This could be in the form of college degrees, careers, financial success, etc. Instead of appreciating the person who God has made, which is you, you find yourself chasing what you think will bring true happiness and purpose to your life. And I promise this is the last one, I think. Yeah.
no, two more. Obsessive compulsive disorder. It is my belief that OCD often involves emotional wounds that were never fully healed. This is especially true with people who have bondages to self-hate, self-resentment, self-unforgiveness. Hostility towards God, self, and others. Because of bound-up emotions, a person can tend to feel hostile towards God, other people in their life, or even themselves. This is usually rooted in a form of bitterness against God for not preventing something from happening to you, bitterness against somebody who has wronged or harmed you emotionally, or bitterness against yourself for failures that you've fallen into that you've fallen into yourself. So that was a lot. And we have a lot to read. So I want you to turn with me to Mark 5, verses 21 through 43. Dear Lord, I just thank you for um, just giving me this opportunity to share, Lord. And I pray that you use your word and, um, and give me the right words to say that it will be a blessing to someone today. And that if there's someone here that does have any emotional wounds, Lord, that they're healed and that they are restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Mark 5, 21, 43. When Jesus had, had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went, into, went in and said to them, 
Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talita kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. So I want us to look into the lives of the, of the dead girl and the sick woman. Most of the time, people speak about their physical healings, but I would like us to talk today about the emotional healings in the stories. So in the story of Jairus, Jairus was desperate for change. He saw his daughter dying, and he went and found Jesus and pleaded earnestly for him to come to heal his daughter. And the Bible says he fell down at his feet. Other translations say he worshipped at his feet. And I also find it really interesting that during such an emotional time, when his daughter is at death's door, he decides to worship. Now, as he and Jesus headed to the house, a large crowd gathered. And this is when Jesus took time to talk to the sick lady. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure if I were Jairus, I would be thinking, my daughter is about to die. I know this lady has had issues, whatever, but we've got to get to the house because we have little time. And I'm sure he was feeling very anxious and just it felt like a critical time for, for Jesus to stop and have time for this lady. The lady with the issue of blood was also desperate. She was sick for 12 years. She had, fi- she had financial problems. She had invested all of what she had, all of her money, um, to doctors trying to become well. Um, and I'm sure she was considered unclean and felt sick, abandoned, unloved. But she did believe. She just thought, if I could just touch Jesus, just a little piece of his clothes, then I will be healed. So she pressed through the crowd and she met the healer. In verse 35, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came to the house of Jairus. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? And I'm sure Jairus was feeling pretty hopeless, fearful, aggravated, angry, unsure of his future. I mean, his 12-year-old child had died, and he wasn't there. He was out trying to find Jesus. And then Jesus didn't make it in time. And our children are our future. And Jairus, his future, his child was dead. In verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. When they came to the home, to the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? 
the child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. But they laughed at him. Have you ever had someone laugh at your situation? They crushed what little bit of hope that you had, and they laughed and didn't believe in your future. Next, um, the next few verses we learn that Jesus removed all of the wailing people. He took the child's father, the mother, and his disciples and went in with the child. Notice he removed all the negative from the situation. He surrounded the child with people that believed she could make it. He surrounded her with her parents that were not going to let this little girl go, their future. He surrounded her with his love and with his disciples who believed in Jesus and believed that he could make a difference, that he was the miracle maker. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talita kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately she stood and began to walk. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. And I believe that some of us have emotional scars and wounds that need healing and just like the little girl, we have laid to rest our hopes, our dreams, and future that Christ has for us. And like the father, Jairus, we feel no one believes in our dreams or our future. The negative comments and lies of the devil fill our minds. We believe we are broken and no good. But Jesus wants us to identify what the wounds are, and then not to be fearful, but believe. And we must forgive the ones that have wounded us. We must forgive God. If we have built up any feelings against him, we need to remember how good he really is, how great he really is, just like we were singing earlier, and everything that he's done for us. And we must forgive ourselves of all the mistakes and regrets. We must press through and meet with Jesus. We have so much to live for. We have so much to be thankful for. And it's hard to have unforgiveness in our hearts and be thankful at the same time. So um, I told you about the dream I had earlier, so I want to share it with you now. But if you know me, you know I love animals. I mean, I, if there's anything to rescue, I'm going to rescue it. And um, I just love them. And I've always had animals. So in my dream, I walk out in my yard. And um, it's just like the perfect day in my dream. The sun is shining. The wind is blowing. The grass is just the perfect height. Money, I'm sure, has cut the grass. It's just beautiful. It's green. The sky is blue. It's just a beautiful day in my dream. And I walk out, and I'm greeted by my animals. So I have my dogs, and they're happy and running around the yard. There's chickens all around, because I had chickens at the time. And um, my goats, I have two goats. And so they're happy. Everyone's happy. It's beautiful. Everything's taken care of and perfect. And so I walk around the yard, and I decide to walk over to my barn. 
And at the barn, it's really dark. And it, um, and I decided to just walk through. So um, when I did, I looked, and there was just crates and crates of animals. And they were sick. And they looked like they had no one had been feeding them. They needed water. They were just, they looked like death. And it was just crate after crate after crate. And I thought, what, what? And I just got this sick feeling all of a sudden. And I thought to myself, I forgot. You know, I've been taking care of all this. And it looked so pretty on the outside. And I forgot about everything that was in the barn. And I hadn't been feeding them or taking care of them. And they were so sick. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, this is... This is you. This is how your life is on the outside. It's so pretty. You know, every, everybody thinks that everything's in place. Perfect. But deep down inside, you have lots of hurt that you've forgotten about. That you don't even you don't even remember. You just pushed it down so deep because it's so painful that you don't want to remember it. And so I just I just I woke up and just cried and thought, Wow, you know, I thought I was doing okay, but he had reminded me of things that I had not letting go of. He reminded me of unforgiveness. He reminded me of deep hurts. And to be honest with you, a lot of it was church hurt. And your hurt may look different than mine. It may be family or um, a friend or something with your work. I mean, everybody, you know, it could be different. But mine, a lot of it was church hurt. And um, so anyhow, it just, when I've dreamed that, it made me realize that I had had some work to do. And so I started to work. And it took me years, y'all. And matter of fact, a few, just a few years ago, my brother, he probably doesn't remember it because it really wasn't, um, it wasn't a big deal. It was a one sentence kind of thing. But when he said it, it changed things for me. But, um, you know, I tried. I always could forgive, y'all. I was always, I've always been easy to forgive, easy going um, for the most part. But, um, but I was hurt so deep that I, it was just hard. It was hard to carry on and, and, and love and I was always, I, my, one of my gifts is compassion. And um, I noticed that it made my heart hard. It, like, um, it was harder for me to just to let loose and just love like Michelle. And so I had to work on it. And then Aaron, when, one day at church, 
I don't know, I said something to him, something bothered me, I don't know. And he said, Michelle, it's been years since that happened. Don't you think it's time to let it go? It was that simple. It was just one, and I thought, it really has. It's been so many years. You know, the people that hurt me, they don't think about it. They've carried on with their life. <laughs> they, I'm, I mean, I'm probably never in their mind, and here I am sitting, dwelling on it. And they've carried on, and they're happy and going on, and I'm still stuck in the mud, so to speak. So, um, so when he said that, something clicked. I don't know what, but it changed me that day, and I was able to let more go. It's been a process, and some of y'all will understand that. It didn't just happen overnight, but it's been a process. And I'm so much better than what I was I'm thankful um, for impact. I really, um, when Aaron was doing that ministry in Rayford, it was a it was a place of healing for me, and um, it was kind of like a bubble because it was our family, and um, I felt safe and I could minister even through some of the hurt that I had been through and. I just thank the Lord for where he's brought me from and that today I'm in front of you guys and he's opened the door for us to come here and minister and be part of the Sapona Road family. I don't know that I could have done that a few years back, but um, he's just so good. He knows exactly what we need. He gives us time. He's patient. He's loving. And he has he's changed my life and anytime I have the opportunity to praise him I will and um it's just an honor he's so good and um we've our family's been through sickness and different things with my children and he's been with us every step of the way even when people have mistreated us even when I have done stupid stuff he's been patient and loving, and um, he wants to heal us. He doesn't want us to stay broken. And today, I want you to know there's healing no matter what kind of situation you've gone through, no matter what pain you have faced. There's healing today, and um, he will walk through it with you. And I have a few scriptures that I want to read um, Psalms 147.3 He healeth the brokenhearted and bindeth up their wounds. There's healing today for you. And 1 Peter 5.7 Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. He cares for you. I mean... That, that right there blows my mind that someone, God, as big as he is, and he's created all this wonderful, th all the wonderful things, and he's, <laughs> he cares for me. He cares for you. He knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought. He wants to know about you. He loves you. 
and he wants to see you healed he wants to see you whole he doesn't want to leave you where you are if you feel broken he wants to restore you today so I want I want us to pray and um, if you have gone through some really hard times really hard things in your life I want you to come on forward and let's pray as a family today and I want you to know that we are a family and we're united we love one another and we love you and um, so if anybody needs prayer this morning I'd love to pray with you and if no one wants to come down why don't we all come down together as a church family and let's just thank the Lord just um, take some time to just um, reflect and think if there's anything you might be like me where you know I didn't realize how many problems how many things I had going on deep down inside and the Lord reminded me so give him a chance to remind you if there's anything because um, he wants to heal. He wants you complete. He wants you whole. We have a lot to do for the Lord, so we have to be ready. We have to make sure we're healthy physically and emotionally. And I want us to just, um, I'm going to sing the song. If y'all want to come help me, you can. And I want us to worship and just, if you want to pray, that's fine. Um, or just sing, but just spend some time with the Lord this morning. He's so good.
shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.